Do you guys like free things? Because I absolutely love free things. Do you want to know what's for free? Downloading the Himalaya app. It is 100% for free. And it's awesome because they will curate a library of podcasts made especially just for you. How incredible and special does that feel? I love feeling special and I love free things. Download the Himalaya app to listen to my podcast, Fish Cheeks. Today I sit down with my castmate, my dear friend, my older sister, Mari Takahashi. I know her from Smosh. You guys probably know her from Smosh. But she is known for so many other wonderful things. She's a gamer. She's a ballerina. She was on a reality show. We dive deep into her culture, her family, her marriage, everything, and her ballerina days. I hope you guys enjoy. And remember to subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I'll stop saying subscribe now. Okay. Hey guys, this is Fish Cheeks, and we are here with Mari Takashi. Hey. 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 <laughs> Thanks for having me. Mari, it is just such a pleasure to have you. Isn't I, it cool that we're friends? I know. I feel like we've done this before in my kitchen. Do you remember yep. we did this in my kitchen? And um, thank you for doing this again with me. I always feel like it's it's like you say thank you, but I'm like, I want to say thank you back. It's just like it never feels like, I don't know. I, we're, I, I, it's always a pleasure doing anything with you, honestly. Really? Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I need to do more stuff with you. I feel like everything you do is so badass. I always tell you this, but like you're like you're always doing some crazy stunts and you're always like doing high level 110% physical stuff. Thanks, man. I, I can I, I do stuff with you? Heck yeah. Yeah, we should do some fight scenes and stuff. I would love to. Dude. I have so many things that I wanna like, you know, catch up on because I I see your life through social media and it's it's so cool. It's so cool. Um, but yeah, so we have Mari here today. I've known Mari for what, like five years? I think so. I feel like time slips away when you're when you're like working with Smosh because it's like, wait, how long ago did we start this? And I know it's just it's kind of like a time warp because we're constantly like in weird costumes and doing extraordinary, amazing things that yeah. like just are outrageous. And I don't know, it's, yeah, it doesn't seem that long. At the same time, I feel like I've known you for a very long time. I feel like our, our, my first day at work, it was just so fast. Like we were doing so many things. We never had a proper introduction to be like, hi, I'm Olivia. This is, you know, like, it wasn't like, let's get to know each other. It was more like immediately you guys are friends, like on screen, you guys are friends. Yeah, I feel like there should have been more tact there where it's like, let's do a team building day or something like that. Yeah. I feel like any normal work would have done that. Right. But Defy was um, uh, trash. Yeah, <laughs> at doing that. There was, but I feel like our team bonding was literally filmed and recorded and just put online, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. That was like so weird for me to I mean, experience. In some ways, it's like nothing brings you closer than being like, scared in the moment, like improvising just straight out of your butt and just like, okay, here we go. And then like the people around you supporting that, like, and yeah. having that emotional support without mm -hmm. being like, I'm going to support you, but just feeling it is sometimes really, really, um, I never I have know, trust evocative. issues with you guys. Yeah. Cause I know you guys will always be there to catch me. It's like, just Great. do whatever you want. It's, it's and then we're here. Yeah, you know? it's a good family. The Smosh family, we are very strong for each other. Yeah. It's awesome. It's it's not always where you can just put yourself out there and just be like, ta-da, and then people yeah. will be like, 
Yeah, they make okay. fun of you. They, they, we don't. We we laugh with each other, not yeah. at each other. Yeah, unless it's Wes. I'm just unless kidding. I'm just joking. We love you, Wes. I'm Our special guest, Wes. Wes, come. <laughs> okay, so for those of you guys who don't know Mari, she is a ballerina. That's what you started as mm-hmm. a ballerina, and yeah. you're from San Francisco, right? Yep. So, like, tell us a little bit more about you know your upbringing because I know your mom was also a ballerina so yeah, that's that's yeah, cool yeah my mom was a professional ballerina as well who turned into um, a teacher and so she has a ballet school up in San Francisco I started when I was two and a half years old um, before I couldn't even think about what I'm doing I was already on stage um, I started touring when I was three what yeah <laughs> I had my first contract when I was three years old. Wait, what? Uh-huh. I had no idea. Contract with who? Like how? How did um, it, it was. It's now a defunct company, but back then it was a, a pretty well-known San Francisco ballet, like like ba- like ballet company. Um, and like the the woman who ran it, her name was Madam. Like Madam Lenova is what you called her. She had a cane. Like she what? was hardcore. She was from like like if you know anything about dance, she was from like the hardcore like Diaglyph like sort of like era and decade. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that was my upbringing. Ballet was really the only path that I put myself on. That my parents put myself on, and so that was just the only focus that I had. I always wanted to do, I really wanted to do martial arts. Like I just wanted to like kick stuff. Yeah. Like I love the Karate Kid. Um, and that's what I wanted to do. But, you know, when you're a little kid, like I feel like, and, and, and maybe it has something to do with like my culture as well. I just couldn't communicate what I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, in some ways I used my parents as a crutch where it's like, well, my parents said I have to, so I have to do it. Mm. And I use that as my way of coping with not being able to communicate fully what I wanted to do. Do you think that you had resentment towards them? For a long time I did. Yeah, absolutely. I resented them for so, so many years. Um, Did you communicate that to them? No, Mm. no. It was always like, well, I, I... you know, and, and I'll, maybe it's again cultural, but I'm like, I can't say that to them. It's too disrespectful. It's dishonorable to like say that the thing that they have gifted me, which is years of uh, training, mm-hmm. like hours spent on like putting time and energy into my like career path, mm-hmm. how like, I don't know. I, I, I just I just knew that that was really disrespectful. But at the same time, I wanted to tear my world apart because I didn't love it. So it's like, how was that instilled in us growing up that being disrespectful is literally the worst thing you can do? Like, I'm trying to figure out, like, at what point in my childhood was I like, I cannot say this to my parents because it's so disrespectful towards them. Like, I don't I, I don't recall that moment. Do you do you remember? Like, no. why? No, I I, I don't know if it might be like in certain words that are in our language that doesn't mm-hmm. translate well into like English, mm-hmm. but I think there's some things, um, some words that evoke more um, like cultural and historical and like family and like stuff mm-hmm. like that, that that's like within that word. And if you, if you translate to over here, it's like, it's like, it's a respect. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. It's the word like respect. But in like our languages, it's like 
there's centuries of history yeah. and a lot of, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. And maybe when you keep hearing that as a really young kid, you're like, I can't, I need to stay away from that. That's really interesting that you had so much resentment towards your family, but yet you had to probably do ballet every single day and you hated it. Yeah. It was, it was rough because it's like when I was on stage and when I danced, I loved it in that mm. moment mm -hmm. because it was the only way of communication I felt like I had, mm -hmm. but everything leading up to it, all the hard work, all the, you know, classes every single day, all that stuff. I just, it, I, I, I was forcing myself to feel something I, I didn't feel. Yeah. But then again, with ballet, because I started when I was really young too, it's like, I was, it was, it, I liked doing it, but I didn't love it. And it wasn't until I was like, 15 and 16 and I had all these like emotional outbursts and I didn't have the right words to explain how I felt that's when dance came in clutch mm. I was like that's the only way I can really physically express what's going on internally yeah and and when through that I was like wow I'm so glad my parents put me into dance For and sure. forced me to do it because I feel like I would have been so awkward if I didn't have that outlet do yeah. you feel that way yeah I, I still feel like it's a language that 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 I use. Yeah. And it's like Yeah, I, I have such a love hate for it. The the first time I fell in love with it is when I started working with a professional company. Oh. And I realized that the people around me who do love it mm -hmm. work tirelessly just for this job. They they do everything in their entire life just to maintain being able to dance. They sacrifice their time and their energy. They have multiple jobs just so that they can maintain being a ballet dancer. Mm -hmm. And I realized how um, like petty I was. And that was the first time I was like, oh my gosh, like I really don't, I'm not grateful for what I've been able to do, what I've, what, what my parents have supported, what my parents like ultimately gifted me as a, as a life skill and something that I was able to master. And so that was the first time that I realized that I was just being like this bratty kid. And that was when I was like, oh, maybe I can love this. So how did you rebel? At what point in your in your childhood or teenage years did you decide I'm like you're like ah, I'm going to do something else or like I'm going to find another thing that I like? It wasn't until I was 25. Really? Yeah, and that first wow. step was um uh going against my dance contracts which specifically said do not do anything dangerous, do not go skiing, do not um go scuba diving, things like this that could take you out of a contract right. or get you hurt. Um, I booked a trip to Africa to climb wow. count Mount Kilimanjaro just to do it. And I'm, I wasn't a hiker then I wasn't a camper. I wasn't like an outdoorsy person, but I was like, you know what? Wow. Screw it. I'm going to go climb. A mountain. <laughs> so that was my first, uh, case of rebellion. That's wait. What did your parents say when when that happened? Um, they were shocked and they're like, don't do it. And I'm like, I already booked my ticket. Really? Yeah. That was the first time that I really like went behind their back and booked a ticket before they, um, they could approve. And I depleted my savings account that year. So you, you literally almost sabotaged your dance. Did you get hurt? I didn't get hurt. I got hurt the following trip when I started ice climbing um, this but, is why she's a badass. I did you know how to ice climb? Like, what <laughs> triggered these? Like, this is like, I, I'm like too scared to do any of this. <laughs> I was really scared too. I was I was super scared. But you had something in you that you're like, I need to do this. 
Yeah, I mean, some of it was always wanting to be an adventurer growing mm. up. I, I always wanted to emulate, like, the badasses that I would see in, like, movies and video games, you know? Like, I, I always really loved, like, Indiana Jones and, um, like, Lara Croft and the Uncharted series, and they're always, like, adventurers. They're always, like, these treasure hunters, and they can climb, they can ride motorcycles, they can just fight and do everything, and... That was the year where it must have just been the the group of friends that I had, the mindset that I was mm -hmm. in. I had read um, Eat, Pray, Love that year. Yeah, that'll do like, it. That'll yeah. do it. It was just like an amalgamation of all the things around me that year that was like, I got to do this. And it was the same year that I started rock climbing and met Peter, who is now my husband. The same year I um, stumbled upon Smosh on the equivalency of a Craigslist website um, and everything exploded and happened in 2010. Everything happened then. And this is when you were 25? Yeah. My age? Yeah. I wouldn't like, even know what to do with myself if all that stuff happened like, to me. I started my life at 25, I feel wow. like. Which is why when people are worried at like 16, what they're mm. gonna do, at 23, what they're gonna do, at 30, what they're gonna do, I'm like, there's so much time to figure it out, you guys. Like I'm still figuring things out and it's been nine years of this journey uh, where I feel like I've, I started my life, you know? And like, I'm a really late bloomer and I, I kind of love that. Yeah. It's like there's time. Did you ever feel like through your high school experience, did you ever feel like, I feel like for me, I grew up in such a um, academic, like centered community and I was dancing and I was acting and I was doing all these arts. Like it almost made me feel like an outsider. Mm. You know, did you ever go through that? Because everyone was like, why are you not at SAT prep? I'm like, because I've danced rehearsal. I have to go to this audition. And I was like, looked at as someone who was like, not going to be, you know, I didn't have a promising future because I did all these artistic things. Did you feel that way? Because your mom was a ballerina. Maybe your it was different. How was I had support at home. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was I, I didn't even go to high school all the all the way every day. I would oh. be pulled out after lunch. Um or at lunch. How come? So that I can go to ballet. Wow. Yeah. I started in high school I started ballet practice at around two o'clock. So how did your peers look at you? Like I was a ghost in high school, to be honest. My peers weren't concerned about me. I feel like they were like, yeah, no, I, I, I just felt like I, I was um, just unknown in high school that I for sure wished that people were like, ooh, where's, where's she going? It's so mysterious. But honestly, I didn't make an impact in high school at all which really hurt back then. Mm. But I also then used ballet as my crutch to run to. Yeah. And so it was a weird, like, I hated it, but I was using it to cope with the rest of my life. Um, so it, that that's where that sort of, like, love-hate relationship comes back again. What was the goal back then before you were 25? The goal was to um, just dance in a company, dance until – you know, my body broke down and then I would teach ballet until the day I died. That was my life, like trajectory laid out my 10 year, 30 year, 70 year plan. Um, and I, I never thought that I would veer away from it, to be honest. It was like a very solid, this is the only path sort of lifestyle that I was living.
And then so when you turned 25, all this stuff happened. And then you saw a Craigslist, you saw a Craigslist ad. It was kind of, so it was like Craigslist for um, artists. So we have like LA casting here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this was SF casting. Ah. And I would take pretty much any gig that came around. Like from SF casting, I was a magician's assistant at some point. In my I had no, I, this is new info. I have no idea. Yeah, I was the magician. I was a magician's assistant to um, Siegfried and Roy's protege, who is a Broadway <laughs> singing magician. <laughs> um, and yeah, I would just pick up really random gigs. I'm like, I, I'm a chameleon as an artist. I can do whatever. Yeah. Um, one day I see a, uh, an ad on that site for, uh, somebody who is Japanese, who could speak the language needed for just a day for a sketch comedy, um, that will be online. Mm. And so that's all the information that was there. And so I show up to this, um, not really knowing anything. And I meet Ian and Anthony and I don't recognize what they're from. And so I'm you like, had no idea who they were. No, I didn't. I found out later. That night, I Googled it later and I was like, oh my gosh, I was so like, I don't know, aloof, you know? Yeah. I was just kind of like, my candor with them was just like, oh, we're on set. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, you know? Yeah. And I think ultimately that was um, a huge benefit because they didn't feel like I was like on. Yeah, you, you know, weren't like, fangirling over them. Yeah. And then so like, do you remember what you filmed with them? Yeah, it was the Pokemon Revenge song. Um, when that came out, I really fangirled because, um, despite the fact that it was on their channel that had like 10 million subscribers and like, that should have been like the number one highlight for me, it was the fact that Ryan Higa was also in that same video and oh. I'm a huge Ryan Higa fan. We didn't film on the same day mm -hmm. and I didn't know who was going to be in it at all. But when the, the when the video came together, it was like we were in the same video, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, we're like one degree apart." So, how did you feel after that? Because did they did they ask you back immediately, or were you like, "This is just this one gig that I just did"? For me, it was just the one gig. The at the end of the day, um, their like casting person that they had on set, her name is uh, Julianne. Um, she was like, hey, would you want to come back tomorrow for a recurring role on Smosh? And from, from my head, I was like, cool, you know, like like a recurring cast member, maybe like once every couple of months or something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. um, it was a two and a half hour drive for me to get to Sacramento. Ooh. And so I almost didn't show up to that audition. <laughs> I was like, oh. I'll try to make it work. We'll see is what I left it at. Yeah. And then... Over that night, I was like, you know, I'm really not doing anything tomorrow. I should probably show up to this. Um, so I showed up and that turned into uh, the video Worst Audition Ever. Oh. And and that went online. I think that went live, I want to say before the Pokemon Revenge mm -hmm. song. That was like a really quick turnover because that went live and I was like, oh my gosh, like people are voting on which person they want. And, you know- Smosh's audience is very vocal and Smosh's audience is very involved. Very, and, very. And so from the very beginning, they were like, uh, Ian and Anthony poses, poses the question, who do you want as the next member of Smosh? Mm -hmm. I, and I guess it didn't hit me when I did this audition. I was like, I'm like, I, I, it, did, it didn't feel like it was that happening. I, I feel like the first like, even like two years of Smosh was surreal. 
because I always saw it as a side gig. I never thought that I would stray away from the ballet path. Yeah. And it was like another gig that I can do on the side. You know, I'm like, you know, artists, we're always busy. We're always There's juggling. always a lot of gigs. Yeah. We're yeah. juggling like 10 things at a time. Yeah. You have like five scripts in your hands as opposed mm-hmm. to like just focusing on the one. Yeah. And so it's like, I, I felt like, yeah, like I can take side gigs on the side. No problem. Career with ballet is still the number one goal, but mm. everything else on the side is just like, it's fine. I can juggle it. Did so, your parents know you were doing this? Yeah, I was still living with them. So they knew that you were driving two and a half hours to do this, the Smosh gig. Yes. But once I started Smosh Pit Weekly, that was filmed in my room at their house. How did you know how to do this? Like, oh, I didn't. I didn't. I was actually, and this is so funny. Um, so another girl on that that audition, her mm-hmm. name is Nikki Sun. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is a badass. She produces, she uh, knows a lot of people in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a host. She's been like now hosting for like a decade. She really knows her stuff. Yeah. She was the number one pick for Ian and Anthony. Oh. They really wanted Nikki as uh as as my role. Yeah. Uh-huh. But Nikki's like, I got enough stuff going on. I have like my own stuff. I've I've got like a tech show and all this stuff. And she really does. She's she's amazing. Um, and so I was the second pick. Oh, which is also something I like. I love. It's like if you're a like a bench warmer, you never know when you're going to be picked up. Like if you're second in line yeah. for something, if you're not, you know, the 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 first pick. It's like still try your hardest. You, yeah, you might just surprise people, and you surprise yourself sometimes. Yeah, because you didn't expect this. No, it's 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 crazy when things like that just the unexpected happens, and your life just detours, and it just goes off the path that you thought you were you know, supposed to do. Yeah. So then you were doing Smosh Pit Weekly. And you know what's insane? I'm pretty sure the comments were just like, for me, when people started talking about me online, it just felt so like strange. Mm -hmm. Like people using your name and then they're like having all these opinions about you. And then mine were always negative. But then I remember they were saying, well, you know, you don't have it as bad as Mari did. (laughs) Like when she first started. Yeah, it was rough, man. It was rough. And at the same time, because I had my ballet career, I didn't really think about it as hard. Yeah. And if I did, I don't know if I would have um, lasted Me as neither. long as I have. You just didn't focus on it. Yeah. I don't know why. I didn't, st- I would I would know that there were a lot of hate comments and, you know, racist comments that existed, but it almost feels like I've seen these comments before. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm like, I kind of been through this. Like, I don't really care. Yeah. Until I really, really dove in deep. And I was like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. It but does that- suck. It does suck. Uh, it's um, it, it's not easy, but it's also a perspective switch, right? Like, yeah. out, of, out of 10 comments, like, three can be really, really, really mean. Yeah. Like, it'll cut to the core. But there are seven comments out there that are like, hey, that was cool. Yeah. You're nice. Yeah. Whatever it is. And it's like, as humans, I don't know why we really, really love to focus on the negative comments. Mm-hmm. But if we make ourselves switch and and make ourselves look at the, the positive comments and uplift those comments and really like give positive reinforcement to those, those comments will start to really, really, really like populate. Because I remember the days where... 
I would see like somebody who was always hating on me switch. And that's uh, when I was like, okay, yeah, cool. We're doing something here. And yeah. like, I'm, I'm all for it. Like you can hate on me. And if, if you're still sticking around to see if I'll improve or our, you know, our online relationship will, will improve or whatnot, like then I'm like, I'm all for it. I'm game. Yeah. I remember um, when I first started hearing your name was, this was when, I think I've told you this back in Vine days when I started on Vine and all the comments, like 50% of the comments would be, oh my God, you look just like Mari. You're you Mari. Serious? Yeah. They were like, they were like, you're this. Mari from Smosh. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then it wasn't until I got hired at Smosh and I met you and I was like, oh, this is, this is Mari. <sighs> That this is who they were referring to the whole time. And it was like so insane to me. And I and then and then and then it became like full circle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like all this person that I kept hearing this name about, I just I met you and we're working together. And it was it was very, very surreal and very cool. Yeah. Like our world just like came together. I discovered you on Vine weeks before you went into your audition. Really? Yeah. And it was just completely out of chance. And then when you came into your audition and they were like looking through people and I was like, oh, I saw her on Vine. And it was like the craziest, like serendipitous moment. Yeah. And I remember wow, when- it gives me the chills. Yeah. It's like, I, this is when like, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, there's stuff happening in the universe. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't understand it. Yeah. I don't know if I fully believe it, but there are moments where I'm just like, I just know stuff. Like, I, I don't know. Somebody knows something. Yeah. Because I remember when Keith came in for his um, audition, um, I was walking through the uh, the lobby and he was sitting there. And I think it was before or after. And it was before his audition. And um, Flitz and I saw him and we were like, hey, man. And like Keith just had this energy about yeah. him. We had this like really short conversation. But I remember like walking away from that and being like, that kid's dope. Like, I hope he goes far in this audition, you know, yeah. like it, it was just like a, what, what, I don't know when, you know, you know, and sometimes it's like, you got to go with that gut feeling. It's all very Malcolm Gladwell of me, but it's just like your gut knows. Yeah. It's kind of, your gut is your second brain. Yeah. It's, it's crazy because I just reminiscing. Sometimes you never know. And cause I almost didn't joke to my audition. Hmm. I was about to leave the door and then Leslie Wolf was like, where are you going? And I was like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm like, there's a lot of people in front of me. And she's like, no, no, stay. She's like, I'm going to put you first. Like, you have to come in. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to fill up my meter. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll be back. You almost left? I almost left. That gave me chills. I almost left. I was literally about to open the door and leave. And then she came out of her office and she's like, where are you going? And I was like, oh, man, I got caught. <laughs> Oh it's like those God. split second moments where I remember I was like, I was about to leave because, uh, you know. Can you imagine? It's like, it's a choose your own adventure sort of book. And it's like, if you had left in that moment, how different your life would be. It if been I different. didn't show up that second day, how how different life would yeah. be. And it's like, I don't know. It's, it's why, like, I always really like to say, like, just show up to stuff. Yeah. Show up and don't be an asshole. Like, mm -hmm. be, be, like, easy to work with and just just go to stuff. You never know. You never know. And like, I remember I was like, cause I was living in Pasadena and I was like, should I come? Should I go to this audition? And to be very, very honest with you, I was not prepared at all. What was your audition like? They had me do three characters and um, I just, 
I don't remember what characters I did. It was just, I improvised like, the three characters. Like blacked out. I blacked out. I was like, because I didn't think I was actually going to go in the room. I was like, you know when you were like, I hope something goes really bad so I don't have to do this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I was so unprepared. And I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then the sides, there were like, there was like six scenes that I had to choose from. And I was like, uh, just give me anyone and I'll do it. And it was just so like, I never would have predicted this moment. Like I would never have expected. My life would have been so different. So amazing. It's, it's really, really amazing. It's so cool. And then, you know, this whole thing happened and it just changed my life. And then, you know, I met you and it just felt like comfortable to see you there. You know, you know what I mean? When you like Keith and I talk about this a lot and it's just like, when there's someone there who kind of has been a minority, you know, you kind of just feel more safe. Mm -hmm. Like me and Keith were like, we have each other. Like yeah. we've been through it before. Like we know how it goes. And then I saw you and I was like, okay, cool. There's someone who's been here longer than me who knows what the fuck happens. And these, you yeah, know, for sure. but how, how did you feel when you first met me? I think it was, I don't remember when and where, but it was the office for sure. I think, was it the kitchen? Maybe I don't know. I, for some reason, I keep thinking maybe it was the kitchen when I met you. Yeah, I, I like, wish I wish we had that like moment. But you maybe there's security cameras. <laughs> but you made you made the you made my experience there for the first few months very very comfortable. Oh, dude, that's so cool to hear. Yeah. I'm really glad you weren't intimidating at all. Like you you made like I remember me and Keith would be like, dude, Mari, like. I feel like she's got her back. Like that's how I felt because we were kind of put into this office knowing nobody, mm -hmm. but you were there and you were so kind to us that we were like, she made a difference for us. Oh my God, yeah. Olivia. Yeah. I had no idea. But that's because you are who you are and you have that bright, like illuminating, like energy. You know what I mean? That like, and, and you know, it's really funny because when you go on the comments, they like to pit us against each other, mm -hmm. you know? I would say even some of the producers would be like, let's put them together in a competition and see who wins. You know what yeah. I mean? And that always felt so awkward for me because I'm like, I'm not, but I was, I was, I didn't ever vocalize it. Yeah. Because I'm like, this is entertainment for people. Well, it's so weird where it's just like, you know, I, I have to think it must come from like the movies and the TV like that, that we grew up on, but it's like, it's always felt like there can only be like one token something, yeah. you know? And it's like, it's like, there can't be two Asians. Mm -hmm. There can't be two Asian girls. That's just too many Asian girls. So mm -hmm. we gotta like, we gotta, we gotta make them compete. You know, yeah. there can only be one. And it's like, it's such a strange mentality if you break it down and think about it. And it's like, why? Why can't there be like, why can't there be four Asians mm -hmm. on, on Smosh? How, why can't there be like six black guys on Smosh? Yeah. You know, and it's like back then, it was so like this like weird like corporate thing where they're like, no, we gotta we gotta check off some boxes and blah blah blah, and it, it's it's really really strange. And in the comments, it wasn't like because there was Flitz and Keith were both black, mm -hmm. you know, who are dudes, and then there was us. But it was interesting to see how in the comments they love talking about us. Yeah, you know, and I'm just like, is it because we're female? Like now I'm thinking back upon it. I'm like, oh, maybe we were an easier topic to talk mm -hmm. about, you know? And it was really interesting for me. I think joining Smosh has really given me like, uh, a, 
it has educated me mm-hmm. on a lot of things with, yeah. you know, being female, being Asian and, you know, how people like to see us being pitted against each other instead of having a sisterhood. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, they have to, they have to compete. Yeah. I think that's been really um, consistent for women. Yeah. And it's like for a long time, I think women have like, like, gone with it as well because it's like, no, this is what the audience wants. Yeah. So we're going to do it. And, you know, I I think there is something naturally inherent in us that wants to do that as well. Yeah. And it's like, it just goes back to biology and like nature and animals. And survival. And survival. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting because like female, like animal species, like they, they are together and they exist together um, until there's a male. And then it's like, then it's like, all right, we got to get the best male. Mm. So like, like no more sisterhood, you know? And it's like, that's just how the natural order has always been. But now we have choices. We're humans and we can talk about it and like figure out like why that is inherently in us and then make changes within ourselves. Yeah. I think it's such a cool time to live. For me, I I never, I never, honestly, I do feel, I, I, I'm a person and it's a very rough, tough industry, you know, and you know, you get competitive with yourself and with other people, but I've never felt competitive with you. Mm, Yeah. You know, I I don't know why, like I've, I can admit that I felt competitive with other people who look like me, but then now I'm starting to understand like there's room for everyone. Yeah. You know, heck yes. And if you just accept it, like, everyone shines, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said, it's like, it's more of a sisterhood rather than I'm going to compete with you. And people like seeing that there's room like crazy rich Asians. There's so it's literally all Asians. Like there is room for all of that. And I feel like segueing into what you're doing now, making your short films, like, are we allowed to say that? Like, okay. Cause I see that you're like producing and directing and writing now. Like what, I don't know what you're doing, but tell me, <laughs> tell me about that. Like, it's, um, it's, I think it's like continuously pushing your own boundaries and I am pushing boundaries in things that I never even thought that I would put my feet in, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm like dipping my feet into things that where I never even like would have thought I'd had the audacity to try to step foot in. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, you know, like, and, and I'm sure you felt this before too. I used to go to like random like commercial auditions. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to a uh, Toyota Prius audition and they wanted like a female Asian in her 20s. And I I was there. <laughs> you were, yeah, you were probably there. Um, and I remember walking into the room and I'm like, oh my God, everyone looks exactly like me. Yeah. It's just a sea of people who are just like me, I can't shine in this group. Mm -hmm. There's no way. And I felt so down and I felt so competitive and I felt so like angry. And there were, there were many times I felt that way. I felt like that in like ballet auditions, Mm -hmm. people didn't look like me, but people had the same body style as me. People Mm -hmm. had better body styles than me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, God, I can't shine in this arena at all. I think it wasn't until, until Smosh where I was like, oh, I have nothing to prove and I can shine by just being my mediocre self, you know? And I just have a sense of humor that a few people online find funny and I have 
interests that a few people online find interesting. And that was enough for me. That sated my, my like all the insecurities that I ever had about myself that made me competitive and aggressive and uh, closed off to people. And I think it really, despite all the mean comments, it really opened me up. Yeah. And I think that's why, yeah, like when you came along too, like it was, we were in our own lanes. It never felt like we were supposed to compete with each other. Yeah, you know? I admired you. You were doing something that I didn't see a lot of people like us do. Do you ever feel like feel like that? Like in the gaming community, like you are a very strong, you know, Japanese woman gaming. I'm sure that there's a lot, but for me, I haven't seen that before. It was not my world. And to see you just killing it, like, is really, really interesting. Did you know that you were, like... No. I, I really went into it not knowing enough about the industry to know that there weren't a lot of women. You know, I, I just... I've played video games my whole life, mm -hmm. and it never seemed weird that I did. Like, no one ever made fun of me from playing video games. Like, the only person who was like, don't play so many video games was, like, my mom, obviously, because mm -hmm. I wasn't focusing on stuff. Um, but it never felt weird to hang out with boys. It never mm -hmm. felt weird to like, it didn't feel like a boy's thing to do. Yeah. You know, I just, I just played it and my best friend was my neighbor. And so we would go to each other's houses and play video games all the time. So if it didn't seem like I was picking up a boy's hobby back mm. then. And so I think when I get, went into like Smosh games and like the gaming industry and all that stuff, I wasn't like, Oh, here's a woman in, in a, in a boy's arena. I was just like, I was like, this is just what feels natural. It wasn't until people were telling me, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're you're really existing in this in this industry and really rising as a female. And I was like, oh, yeah, and you know, I guess there isn't a lot of us around. There should be more. And so like, I, I feel like, again, even despite the negative comments, I always want to like tell women and people like, this is a really cool community. It's inclusive. Don't be scared off by the negativity out there because there's negative stuff in everything. True. It's like the the only way that more people are going to want to be involved is if they know that there's safe spaces. And I'm like, there are safe spaces. The only reason why I've been able to exist in this industry for this long is because there are people who vouch for you. There's companies who want to hire you. There are people who look after you and support you and lift you up. And if those things weren't there, then how the heck have I had a career? Yeah. You know, it's like it exists and it's amazing. And so I want more women, more girls, more people, more representation, more diversity, because it's not that scary. You just got to get in there. And for those of people, for, for, for people who are listening and you want to be a badass gamer like Mari, like she is out there and she will fucking help you. I feel like that's how you are. Even with me, I'm not a gamer, but like, I remember just seeing you, like I said, with Keith, you were there and you were so supportive and just like your energy was already just enough for us to feel oh. like we're going to be okay. Dude, and that means a lot. That's why you existing in this platform, in this in this, you know, space just gives other people like a chance to feel like, okay, Mari's doing it. Like I'm, I can do it too. And especially when you say you were a late bloomer and things didn't start happening until you were 25. Mm -hmm. That's, 
And, you know, from ballerina to gamer, I'm sure you've heard this like a lot and you still dance too. It's not like you gave that away. Like you're still doing it. It's so incredible. It's so cool. And then now you're like transitioning into like filmmaking. Like, how is that like? Like, because I feel like you're like Asian Beyonce. Like you don't stop. Oh my God. Like you literally don't stop. You're like, just wrapped uh, a 12 hour shoot. Now going to San Francisco to play games and teach ballet and then coming back and then going to New <laughs> Orleans to eat crawfish. I don't know. Like, like you're, how do you like manage? Are you ever stressed? Like, cause like there's, I see a very businesswoman side of you and I see a very creative side of you. Like, how do you manage those two different worlds? Yeah, I, I think I, like every moment I spend on any set is a blessing because I know how much I hated my jobs in the past. Mm. Like I, I know what it's like to go get ready for a job you absolutely despise. And I think knowing that makes me really grateful for any time that I get to do something fun. And honestly, everything that I do these days is like a dream come true. Like mm -hmm. as tired as I am, I haven't had a day off in two weeks. And like my day was packed yesterday. I had like stomach ache from habanero peppers and I Ugh. still went to like a screening last night. And it's like, how could I possibly complain when I used to have a job that I absolutely despised? You didn't like being a magician's assistant. <laughs> <laughs> I remember working at a, and I, and I told the story at VidCon, but like, I remember working at a gym and I was scrubbing, um, a treadmill and a man leaned over to get something from the other treadmill and he sweated on me. Oh, that is And just like just... feeling like sweat on my, on my like head. Mm. It felt like a movie moment where you just like look off into the distance and you hear like music playing and it, it's like a defining moment. Mm -hmm. That was right when I was like. 25 and I just I was like things need to happen I need to change how, how I'm living but things just also don't come overnight either it's like no. you had to experience that so now in this moment you're like you can remember that and you're like this is why I'm living my dream and this is why I do passion projects yeah and you know it's it's really how and also how do you come up with these storylines for like your short films that you do oh it's such a collaboration um back in September two years ago, I want to say. Oh no, was it last year? Oh my gosh, I'm in a time warp. It might've <laughs> been last year. Um, on Smosh Games, we got to work with a team called Isma Hawk on mm. YouTube. And they have always produced like these really, really high line action shorts. Mm -hmm. um, and they've always been superhero related. And so uh, when we worked with them on Smosh Games, I was like, okay, now I have no excuse not to follow like my passion because I've always wanted to make action movies. And now I know people in the industry who can do it. And I work damn hard to be able to fund them myself. Mm -hmm. And like every ounce of work I do, I'm like, I know that I'm going to pour everything into these projects that may or may not go anywhere, to be honest. They, they, it might just be things that exist online that get 10,000 views and it might just disappear into the ether, but I know that I need to do it for myself mm -hmm. and I love it for that. And I'm dumping money into it because it feels good too. And it's like, it's the first time that I'm just like, I don't know, I think it's the first time since I bought that plane ticket to Africa that, that I'm just like, I'm going to dump a bunch of money into this and I'm, I'm going to work damn hard to, to stay afloat so that I can, I can do this. 
wow. you know, and like fund it, pay my friends, hire people who are really damn good at what they do and ask for, ask for favors so that they, they'll work for me for, you know, a, a, a shoestring budget. And so far we've wrapped two of them and, um, yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's like, again, something I never thought that I would be able to do. It's a, it's a bucket list item. That's like, I don't know. It was like, it was like a bucket list item that was like in a, like a shatterproof box. That's like, no, you know, you want to do this, but it's never going to happen. And so then now I'm just like, screw it. I'm so, I'm really happy for you. Just hearing, you know, where you began and then now what you're doing. And this is just seems like just the beginning because 25, now you're doing everything that you ever dreamed of doing. And that's so fucking incredible. Thank you. What is your, um, what is your advice for people who are, you know, they don't want to break out of the mold and try what they're actually really passionate about because their parents, you know, instilled in them that they have to stick on the certain path. Yeah. I'd say be patient and be nice to yourself. I remember having terrible thoughts in my own head that were just so negative and so unsupportive. Um, be patient with time and life. There is so much, there's so much time, honestly. And when we're kids, I feel like we're constantly um, thinking that everything has to happen yeah. so quickly. Um, I would say live a full life, experience things, because no matter what you do, whether you're in social services or making movies or, you know, working at your mall, it's like whatever you do, you're, you're, you're sharing your life with people. Mm -hmm. And if you're, if you don't have experiences to share with those people, and if you don't have pain and love and failure and successes to be able to create a full human to like, create empathy for other people and things like that, then, then it's, then, then, then you're not there yet. And it's so important mm. to live that like full life mm -hmm. before giving up on it. It's mm -hmm. like, just, just make a bunch of mistakes, do things that you may love or hate. And, you know, there's so much time to figure it out. Yeah. So be kind. And if be you're in that yourself. struggle, like just know, you know, just, yeah, be kind to yourself and be true to yourself. And it, I feel like if you are good to yourself and you honor yourself, good things happen to you. Yeah. In a grand way or even in the littlest way, but you learn to appreciate the little ones and the big grand ones too. For sure. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my God. I, I love it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Where, where, where can people go and find you? Um, you can find me either on online at Atomic Mari or on YouTube at Smosh Games. Yay! Mm -hmm. Yay, and I'll see you soon. Yeah. You're the best, Mari. You're the best. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Fish Cheeks, guys. Bye.